to Berry Aftercare, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. This is episode 22, Obesity. Whose fault is it anyway? Humans, we love to find something or someone to blame for things. If I'm arguing with my husband, I want to blame him. Whether or not he started the argument, it's easier and definitely more emotionally comfortable to point the finger at him than to take a look at what part I play in the situation. The same can be true regarding diseases. We want to find reasons that have nothing to do with ourselves for having the disease. Obesity can be like that. The blame game, however, is not going to help anyone when we're talking about a multifaceted disease like obesity that has so many contributing factors. There are likely many factors related to your obesity that you are not responsible for. Think genetics. And there are some aspects you are responsible for. The types of food you choose to consume. Let's take a closer look and leave the blame game behind. Instead, let's focus on living a healthy lifestyle. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello and welcome to Berry Aftercare, the podcast or the video, depending where you're watching. I'm Dr. Connie Stapleton, and today we are going to be talking about something I'm excited about sharing. But I'm excited about sharing about healing from obesity anytime. So let's get going. So this past weekend, a good friend of mine sent me an article about some new research that is showing that it may help patients who, like many of you or most of you or all of you, suffer from the disease of obesity. And remember, this is a disease, not a moral issue. All right. This is a disease, biological in nature, as well as, as you know, many other factors. But this research is about finding people um, some more effective treatments using what they're calling an obesity phenotype. Well, what that means, it's they're classifying people into different groups based on both their genetic history and the environment. That's the phenotype thing. So, of course, I'm all for anything that's going to help people lose weight. And as the doctor in the article said, keep this in mind, okay? Obesity, and you know this, is a complex, multifactorial disease, and a one-size-fits-all treatment is not going to work for most patients. So keep that in mind as I talk about this, right? It's always helpful to discover new information that's going to help patients understand some of the reasons why they're biologically wired in a way that makes losing weight really, really difficult for them. For example, patients who have PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, females, guys, you don't get this. (laughs) But PCOS is is a disease where the combination of hormones and other biological issues absolutely makes losing weight extremely difficult, which is understandably 
very, 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 very frustrating, especially if somebody's working really hard to eat well and exercise and the scale's not reflecting this, right? There are other biological reasons that some people are more susceptible to in terms of being overweight, right? Some people from the get-go, I hear it all the time. I've been overweight all of my life, you know, from the time I was born or from the time I started school. Others develop struggles with weight later in life, maybe after you have a baby and there's all kinds of biological changes or, you know, both men and women, sometimes from childhood, sometimes later in life. And for a lot of people, genuine efforts to lose weight don't result in the scale changing very dramatically. So there are people whose body chemistries are really, really sensitive to weight gain, especially on certain medications. There are also people who are emotional eaters, which really has less to do with biology than maybe psychological issues or environmental issues. And there are people who absolutely have addictions to certain foods or food properties like sugar or the combination of salt and fat. And all of these things, whether they're purely biological or a combination of biological, environmental, or strictly you know, environmental and or emotional, these things can make losing weight really, really difficult. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, but I'm going to bring it all back together at the end. I listened to this morning show here in Atlanta, and there's a woman who's part of the show on a regular basis. And I'm going to call her Liza, not her real name, but she's one of the anchors of this show. And she's very, very open about her struggles with weight and eating. And she absolutely suffers from the disease of obesity. And she's very vocal about body positivity and has a lot of great things to say to the audience about dealing with the disease of obesity. And she talks a lot about how she uses food to feel better emotionally and is very clear that she's an emotional eater. She said it's been a struggle for her for years. Well, this past week, now this woman is in her mid-30s. She learned about PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, had no idea about it. And she learned about it because she was just diagnosed with it. And just like that, she started announcing, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. All this time dealing with those obesity and struggling emotionally. And the bottom line is it's not my fault. And that is the topic of today's discussion. Whose fault is it anyway? Well, before we discuss fault in relation to the disease of obesity, let me ask you a couple of questions. And I really want you to ponder this and pay attention to your reactions. Do you feel judgmental? Do you feel compassionate? Do you feel angry? Do you feel sad? What goes on with you? All right. And these questions have nothing whatsoever to do with food, with eating or weight. I know it sounds like I'm all over the place today talking about this research article, talking about this woman on the radio, talking about fault and blame, but it's all going to tie together. I promise you. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you three different scenarios. Scenario A is a true story about my grandmother who died from lung cancer when I was 10 years old. 
Now, my grandmother never, ever, ever in her entire life smoked a cigarette. Her husband, however, my grandfather, who was deceased before I was born, so I never met the man, he was a smoker. He was a heavy smoker. And several other people in her life, in fact, in her home, were also smokers. Several of her sons started smoking as teenagers. And so her home, and I don't know about her parents. So all I know is she lived in a home where there were several smokers and many of her sons and her husband as well worked for the railroad. So they would come home with all kinds of soot covered clothing. And, you know, she back in the day did all the laundry, et cetera, et cetera. So whose fault is it that my grandmother got lung cancer? Was it a biological predisposition to cancer that maybe she had? Was it her husband's fault for smoking around her for so many years? Did her sons contribute to her lung cancer, her disease? So is it their fault? What about the railroad? Is it their fault for exposing their workers to chemicals that are likely to contribute to cancer? Who or what is to blame for my grandmother's lung cancer? That's scenario A. Scenario B, again, true story about myself. I am a recovering addict. In fact, interestingly, I was supposed to do this video yesterday, but we had a storm here and it knocked out all of my internet. So I'm doing this today, which happens to be my 32 year sobriety birthday. So I'm very happy to share that with you. I'm very excited and proud of that because it was not easy. This has been a lifelong journey as is healing from the disease of obesity or any other chronic disease. But I am a recovering addict. Addiction is a disease. In fact, the American Medical Association declared obese or uh, alcoholism a disease in 1956. It wasn't until about 10 years ago that they declared obesity a disease. So we're dealing with diseases here. So who or what is to blame for my alcoholism? I come from a long line of addicts on both sides of my family. So is it my biological predisposition that's to blame? Is it my father's fault? Because I was raised in a home where I was exposed to the daily use of alcohol. So was I shaped by my environment and that's the reason? Is it both of my parents' fault? Because <laughs> their relationship was toxic and the environment in which I lived was pretty scary for a kid. So did I turn to alcohol when I was old enough so that I could escape my anxiety and my worries and my, my stress? Or is it my fault? Because I opted to put alcohol in my body. Who or what is to blame for my alcoholism, a disease? Let me give you a third scenario about a man or woman anywhere, but we're going to call this woman Susan. All right. And we'll say Susan's been married for about 12 years. And after this 12 years, she starts to have an affair with a coworker who's pursued her relentlessly for the past couple of years. Well, Susan's husband also happens to have a job that requires him to work out of town. 
about every other week, right? And she has shared with her husband for years that her preference would be he take a pay cut and be able to stay home full time. But no, he refuses to even discuss the issue with her. You know, he says they both like her lifestyle and and it's his income, which requires his traveling that provides that. And when he's home, she complains that he doesn't even talk to her when he's there or spend any quality time with her. Her parents, of course, were lousy role models, right? They didn't talk to Susan about her emotions or they didn't help her as she was going through trying times as a child or as a teen. Right. So she never learned to discuss her emotions or how to deal with stress or frustration in any kind of healthy way. She also happens to have several friends who, too, have had affairs. So who's to blame? Is the coworker responsible for the affair? Because after all, he did pursue her for several years. Is Susan to blame for the affair? She's the one who stepped out. Maybe it's her husband's fault. You know, is he the reason Susan had an affair? You know, he was gone all the time, didn't spend time with her when she when he was home. What about her friends? They're not really very good role models. So who or what is to blame for Susan's affair? Should we play the game of fault finding? I mean, is that, you know, really worth our time? My grandmother could easily have blamed her husband smoking for her cancer. Would that really have changed anything? Would it have changed the fact that she had lung cancer, that she had to choose how to treat it, and that she's the one that was suffering from the effects of it? Would blaming help in any any way? What about with my alcoholism? Should I blame? Should I blame my genetics? Should I blame my dad? Should I blame both of my parents? Should I heap the blame on myself? Let's talk just for a minute about this whole business of fault finding or blaming. And I'm guessing because you're a wise, wise person, you know where I'm going with all of this. But let's say, take the alcoholism out of the picture for a minute. But if I'm having an argument with my husband, just a run of the mill couples kind of argument, right? It's easy. And I want to blame him, right? I want to blame him. But the truth is, that regardless of who started the argument, if we're both participating in it, we both have responsibility, right? But if I point the finger at him or he points the finger at me and we play the blame game, what we're really doing is foregoing our part in the issue, right? If I just focus on him and don't say, this is my part, this is how I contributed to this argument, or this is how I started, if I'm going to be really accountable, if I actually started it. But if I focus on them, I'm just trying to let go of my own responsibility. So could it be the same with our attempts to blame other people or other things for any of our issues? Anything in life, right? Whether it's from getting our checking account too low to running out of gas because we didn't fill the gas tank, whatever it is. And is there really any good that can come of fault finding or blaming? Or should we work on fixing the problem? Perhaps my alcoholism, a disease like the disease of obesity, 
has a lot of causes, really. There's numerous, there's realistic reasons, and it's not just one thing. And the truth of it is, drinking did serve a purpose in my life earlier in the day because I did not know any healthier ways to deal with my emotions, my stress, my anxiety. I could blame any of those things. I could say it was my mom, my dad, the combination, the biology, the fact that I picked up a drink, the fact that I didn't know. I could say any of those things, right? And say it wasn't my fault. Or I could do something equally as unhealthy. So I'm saying those things are unhealthy. Or I could blame myself completely and say it's all my fault. And if I say, it's only me, it's only me, there are no other contributing factors, it was only me, I fail, I suck, right? Well, all I'm going to do then is put myself kind of in a victim mode or really blame myself and heap a bunch of shame onto myself and I'm going to sink into a deeper hole of negative self-worth. I don't want to do that, nor do I want to blame all the other things. So regardless of the genetic components, which are real, regardless of the environment in which I grew up, which absolutely influenced my decisions. I just thought when you grew up, you smoke and you drank. And I did those things, right? I could focus on the emotional components. I didn't know how to deal with stress, right? I could do all of those things and look at all of those reasons. And they're all true. They're all accurate. So diseases, many of them like alcoholism, like obesity, have very many actual components, as did my grandmother's lung cancer, right? But at some point, I had to accept all of those as real reasons that contributed to my having the disease of alcoholism. And then equally as important as shifting, you know, no longer shifting blame or looking for blame, I also had to accept that I have a disease and had to accept responsibility for what I was going to do about it. It's a fact. I have this disease. What am I going to do about it? It's a multifaceted disease. So I have to work on the biology, the emotions, the psychology. I could have chosen to continue to drink, right? That was an option. It was already causing problems in my life. I was young. I was in my late Mid, I, I drank from the time I was 16 till almost 30. So it caused a lot of problems in my life, but not only my life. Most of the people who touched my life were affected in one way, shape, or form by my disease and my behavior, right? So was I going to accept that I could continue to drink regardless of what caused it and regardless how I got there? or? was I'm going to say, you know what? There's one part of this disease that I can take charge of. And that's whether or not I put alcohol into my body. Many people can put alcohol into their body and they don't have the kinds of issues that I had because many people, most people are not addicts. Most people are not alcoholic. I am. So I had to make a choice. I didn't like that fact, but it was true. There was nothing I could do to change that fact. I had to choose what I was going to do about it.
Let's talk about woman, the woman, Susan, again, the one who had the affair, because it's pretty easy to see that, like with my grandmother who had the disease of lung cancer or myself who has the disease of addiction or anyone who has the disease of obesity, we're dealing with the disease. But let's talk about let's talk about Susan. We didn't talk about any diseases with her. She had the affair. Remember? So she could play the blame game. She could say it's all her husband's fault. She could blame the guy at work who had been pursuing her, wanting to have this affair with her. She could blame her parents. They didn't teach her how to deal with life or cope with stress. Or she could blame her friends. They've all done it. I did it too. If you're going to jump off the bridge, am I? You know, that sort of thing. But the fact is, all of those things are true. Her husband did ignore her. He did travel. He did refuse to talk about staying home. The man did pursue her. Her friends were poor examples. She didn't learn. Maybe she didn't know, right? So it's real easy to judge in a situation like Susan's. Well, she's terrible. She's awful. She had this affair. Not so fast, right? I don't want to be judged for my having the disease of alcoholism as a person who just has no control or lacks willpower or is, you know, just one of those people anymore then Susan wants to be judged or you want to be judged or my grandmother want, wanted to be judged. People might have looked at her and said, well, she smoked all of her life. What did you expect? It's not about judgment. It's not about blame. It's so not about finding fault, right? So as easy as it might be to take somebody like Susan, who clearly is different than you or I, right? It's easy to judge. and yet. Like anybody who opts for unhealthy options to deal with a disease or to deal with unpleasant feelings, she chose an option that hurt herself and others. As did I when I drank. As do so many people when they turn to food to deal with emotions, emotional eating, right? Because maybe they don't know how to deal with things any other way. Then you add the disease and the biological component onto that. We got issues, right? It's tough. I'm going to veer back to my radio personality, Liza, right? For years, she talked about her emotional eating. That's real. But then all of a sudden, she decided because she was diagnosed with PCOS, she had no responsibility. Hands up. It's not my fault. In her weight issues right? And don't you or I want to do that too? Don't we want to say it's not my fault? It's not my fault. I can't help it. I can't. A biological family never been taught. The truth is Liza is not responsible for having PCOS. She's not responsible for having the disease of obesity. I'm not responsible for having the disease of alcoholism, but I have it. So the truth is we have these things. It's raining. I don't know if you can hear that. Day two of our thunderstorms. Um, so we have these things. We're not fully responsible for having these things. But guess what we are responsible for? We're responsible for what we do about it. So regardless, every one of us as an adult, regardless of our genetic predispositions, the examples we had in our childhood, whether we were taught to handle stress and cope, blah, 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 blah. We get to a point in our life, hopefully, hopefully, 
where we refuse to play the game, blame game, refuse. It is what it is. We refuse to look for an external reason to blame. And we're not going to put the full blame on ourselves either because that hurts just as much. And it really hurts my heart. When I hear patients who have the, oh, the disease of obesity say, I did this to myself. Well, that is not entirely true, nor is it entirely true to say this is completely a biological thing because the disease is so multifaceted, as the doctor at the very beginning said, and as any doctor will tell you, right? So it's not true that it's all your fault. It's not true that it's all my fault that I drank, nor is it likely the truth that patients who have the disease of obesity or the disease of addiction aren't contributing in some way to this disease, right? But lots of people would rather say it's not my fault than to look at the whole picture. And the whole picture really often requires accepting the fact, yeah, I got this disease. Yeah, I've got these biological and health issues that are complicated, maybe by growing up in an unhealthy environment, maybe not. Either way, this combination of factors led to my having an unhealthy BMI, a disease of, OB, uh, of addiction, a disease of cancer, whatever it was. But a healthy adult, which you and I are working hard to be, harder every day to be a healthier version of ourselves, right? We acknowledge the contributions related to my disease, whatever my disease or your disease happens to be, that they had no influence over. Genetics, environment, as a child, blah, blah, blah. And also accepts responsibility for the way I contributed or the way you contributed to having an unhealthy BMI or me in terms of my drinking. So maybe the ways you contribute to your unhealthy BMI is, BMI is emotional eating or continued overeating or eating the wrong foods or not exercising. The way I contributed was by continuing to drink and hanging around with the wrong people and lying to myself. So I know many a post-op who's regained weight. They have a disease. The disease of obesity lends to biologically wanting to regain weight after you've lost it. That's part of the biological part of this process. And yet a lot of those people who have regained have lost a lot of that regain when they put forth the effort to do the healthy eating, to follow the bariatric basics, to get that exercise regularly. So that tells me that, yeah, biologically, you still have this disease, but there's a part of this that you absolutely influence. And that is evidenced by the fact that you're able to lose the regain by following the bariatric, bariatric basics with eating and exercise. So I understand Liza, the radio personality's enthusiasm and saying, it's not my fault. I've struggled with obesity. It's not my fault. I have PCOS. I get that. And it is legitimate, right? It has contributed to her unhealthy BMI and the struggle to lose weight. But the emotional overeating part that she's talked about for a long time, 
She talks about eating unhealthy processed foods a lot. She talks about sweets and she's talked about that for years. And that's also a factor and it hasn't gone away. So the full picture obviously is always very complicated. And I'm sure that with time, because this is new news to her, she'll get to the point where she realizes that recovery from her chronic disease will include both addressing those biological issues and the emotional issues as well. As I had to do, right? It was like, wow, I have a biological issue of addiction. I get it. And that gave me some relief because it helped me understand part of where this came from. But I also understood that I had to make a decision about what kind of help and treatment I was going to get, knowing that simply stopping the drinking wouldn't help. I had to deal with the reasons I was drinking. And some of those were emotional, not just biological. So I had to deal with the full picture. Right. So my alcoholism, my disease is both biological and behavioral. My grandmother's cancer was probably due to biological predisposition to cancer and an unhealthy environment, even though she never smoked a cigarette. Susan's affair, probably a combination of many emotional factors. So the bottom line remains we're responsible for getting the help for each of the factors that contributes to our disease. And I'll tell you something else. When doctors, this is really frustrating to me. When doctors tell patients with a disease, it's not your fault, especially the disease of obesity or the disease of addiction. I sometimes think it's a marketing ploy, honestly, at least in part, right? They want to sympathize with the patients and let the patients feel like, I understand this isn't your fault, right? And part of that is true. But my concern is when we're an addict or have the disease of obesity, we all want to hear, like Liza, it's not my fault, right? And the danger in that for me is that if we don't take personal responsibility or accountability for the part we do play, a lot of people are just going to say, well, I don't have to do anything. It's not my fault. I'm going to have this surgery. It's not my fault. The biology will be fixed and it's all over. But the truth is, if I continue to eat unhealthy or if I continue to drink, I'm going to continue to have problems, right? So I think not saying to the patient, yes, you have a biological disease and that is not your fault. You have accountability for how you handle this and the way you continue to choose to eat. And if you continue to exercise or not, and if you continue to choose to get help or not, that's a responsible physician. That's a responsible psychologist. That's a responsible dietitian. Because we don't want to take responsibility to begin with. And when we hear it's not your fault, sometimes people take that as a way out to not have to do anything. So what I want to do is educate the physicians, the patients about getting rid of the blame game altogether. Quit fault finding where your obesity is concerned. Instead, let's focus on the aspects of your disease that you can influence. You can get medical help. You can get psychological help. You can get dietitian help. You have to get help for all these areas and refrain from that plain game. Whether or not it's to avoid personal responsibility or to blame yourself and take it all on. Neither one of those things is true nor healthy. Obesity, addiction, 
life. Let's face it, life, it's complicated. We all have multiple issues. We all have, or most of us or some of us at least have diff- difficult diseases, but life itself is complicated. So let's not judge ourselves. Let's not judge other people. I don't like being judged. You don't like being judged. So let's get judgment out of the way for anybody, right? And let's focus on getting well. Let's focus on getting ourselves well, physically, mentally, socially, and let's focus on helping other people to get well, right? Primarily what we can do for ourselves is take responsibility for the part of those things that are ours to take responsibility for. So the doctor, back to the beginning, right? The doctor who was in the article that my friend sent me wisely stated, and you've heard this before, obesity management will never be about finding one magic pill, he says. And that that isn't going to happen. There will never be one magic pill that works for everybody. Instead, he says, weight management will always involve choosing the best solutions among multiple options, including medications, devices, surgery, or a more intensive lifestyle intervention, translated therapy or emotional help or life coaching or whatever it is. But here's what I say. Here's to accountability, right? Not fault. Let's focus on our accountability, getting the help we need in all of these areas, accepting the fact that I do play a role in either making my disease worse or healing from my disease based on the choices I make. As always, we're talking about your health. That makes it your responsibility this day and every day. And today on this day, I will say that every day, For the last 32 years, I have had to take accountability for my own disease of addiction, my own disease of alcoholism. And I will tell you, and I'll just tell you, that is why I do the work that I do. Because what I have found in the freedom from healing from my disease is that life is so, so much better. Yeah, it takes work every single day. But it is so worth it. And that is my, my hope for you and why I do the work that I do. All right, guys, make it a great one. Please take care. Do your part. Take care of you. See you next, next week. No, I'll see you on Thursday. We'll talk more about this. If you're interested in joining us on Thursday, you've got to join Barry Aftercare, www.barryaftercare.com. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Very Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life.